Hello, my name is Justice, and I'm the CEO of 24-7 Teach. Welcome to the Education is Broken, and we are here to fix it podcast. I'm joined by my favorite partner and co-host. My name is David Furness, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Marketing here at 24-7 Teach. And as always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Yes, and our guest is one of my favorite educators. Hi, I am Erica, the VP of School Design for 24-7 Teach, and I am a third grade teacher in Miami, Florida. So the third grade is one of those very important grades. And would you say, Erica, if they do not pass, if they do not pass a test within the third grade, they will be held back and they won't be able to go to the fourth grade? Yes. In third grade, they actually have to take the state exam. And if the student does not meet the minimum requirement, then they will be held back. Okay. Does that happen in fourth grade? Fourth grade, they actually don't hold them back. They push them and let them go to fifth grade. The only requirement for fourth grade is that they have to take a writing test, but it's nothing that they have to pass. They just have to have a score so that they can see that they're making progress throughout the years. Okay. So third grade education is very important because essentially the test that they have to take, correct? Yes. Okay. And how does that make your job harder compared to if you were a fourth grade teacher? It's much harder because in third grade, the students are required to have a foundation from the previous grade levels, kindergarten to second grade. Without that foundation, it's hard for them to read and ask the questions and complete the tasks that they need to have at hand. In addition, the amount of work I have outside of delivering the instruction and communicating with parents is also a burden that distracts me from my ability to highly be an effective educator. Wow. Wow. So can you speak more into that? So why why do you think that? Outside of delivering instruction, we are required to do what they call common plan. Common planning It's where a group of teachers, we all get together and under the supervision of the reading coach for reading and the math coach for math, we have to break down the standards in which we look at the previous standard that the students had in the previous grade level and see how we can be able to use those resources from the second grade level in third grade and to look at what they're going to be looking at in fourth grade and see how we can be able to find resources which would allow the students to be able to be successful in accomplishing that standard that they need. Well, and how much time do you put into that on a weekly basis? College planning actually happens one time a week. So it's expected that we complete it in one hour. However, one hour. it takes longer than that. One hour. 
Wow. It so takes longer to that. Yeah. Are you planning oh. in that in that common planning session? Are you planning for your entire week? Yes, we are planning for our entire week. So my wow. planning, it actually happens. I start before I actually get into common planning. Because we have to, we're required to read the resource, um, read the reading and find resources that's going to help us with allowing the student to accomplish that standard. So anywhere from, I would estimate that the time for us to, before common planning that one hour, additional three, four hours. Because most of the resources they have out there, it's not effective. So sometimes we have to be creative and create our own. So how much time would you say you, you put into planning on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis, I would say about 10, 10 hours. 10 hours? At school and at home. Got it. And how much time are you actually teaching in the classroom? In the classroom, anywhere from six hours. Six we hours? Teach, yes. We teach several subject areas. So in addition to me teaching reading, I teach math, science, and social studies. So... In all, how much, how many hours a week do you put into being prepared? I can tell you that it's more than 10 hours. Because um, I work sometimes before school, after school. I, I don't have an exact number, but I would say it's way more than 10 hours. Because if I include the weekends, I know sometimes I'm working like three hours on Saturdays, three hours on Sundays. So anywhere from 20 and more hours, just planning. Hmm. And that's obviously the, the, the part of the job which um, a lot of people don't see. They just expect teachers to turn up and instinctively teach when they get to school. They don't see the marking and, and the planning that goes on beforehand. Is I was going to say, is that something which um, does that detract from the attention that you're able to actually spend? You know, it, is the best way of trying to word that is the time that you are allocated to planning lessons and, and the content for uh, for teaching is that limited? So you're you're basically limited as to what you can plan when it comes to lessons, and if you want to get more creative with with lessons. And that would require more planning. You don't physically have the time able to do that, or, or the help from the school itself. No, unless the reading coach actually assists with mm -hmm. helping us to be very creative. Yeah, we can only do the bare minimum. Because hmm. what what they usually call it for us, I'm just going to focus mostly on reading, but. For reading, yeah. when we get a standard, we actually have to break it, break it up. Um, and what we also do, we have to find different resources and how we can be able to, they call it dissecting it. So we mm -hmm. dissect the whole reading and find out, okay, 
How does this explain main idea? Now let's find three points that support the main idea. Now let's find a resource that can help the kids find the main idea. And let's identify the three points in the test, <laughs> in the passage that can help them find the main idea. Then we have to go and find what they call a daily end product in which that allows the teacher to find out if they mastered that standard on that specific day. So within a week, that would actually, I would say that by itself, just finding the resources for that, that can take anywhere from three hours alone. And that's only for one day. Yeah. You said that's only, that's only for one day. Wow. One day. It just seems so structured and so rigid. And we do this every single week. It's a cycle. Hmm. So you know how some people will say, okay, I work 40 hours. I work 50 hours a week. In your estimates, how many hours a week do you, do you work? I'll estimate on top of the hours that I work at school, I can work anywhere over 50 hours. Okay. So would you say like 55, 60 hours? And is that regular? On a regular basis, 50 to 60 hours, sometimes even more. So do you feel with all of the, the other work that you have, and this is similar to Dave, David's question, do you really have the opportunity to impact your learners, like really work with them one-on-one and, and work with them in, in small groups to really get them to where they need to be within that time frame, or would you need more time? Well, that time also is included with us finding, like I said, um, we break down the standard. So when we actually break down the standard, we have to find resources for our smart group. We can't do one-on-one because we don't have enough time in the day to do one-on-one. So we do at least a minimum of two groups per day. So I have to have my resources for that in addition to actually teaching. Got it. Okay. So do you feel that you have an adequate amount of professional development that can support you to be successful in teaching your learners? Professional development, I believe that if we attend the professional development outside of the school, it would allow you to be an effective teacher. However, you have to think about when you leave the classroom, that's instruction that the students is missing. So professional development would help the educator, but they don't allow adequate enough time for us to be able to attend the professional development. So you're saying that you you don't have the time to get adequate professional development to be to be successful? No. Besides the two professional development days that the district set, 
outside of that, it's really hard for you to be able to do professional development. Wow. Okay. So in, in terms of evaluation, how are you evaluated and do you agree with it? We're evaluated on how we actually, they, they call it a point system. So the point system, part of it is based off of the student assessment scores, the state test. In addition to that, how we deliver instruction to the students, how we communicate to the parents, and um, what the administrators observe within our classroom. So that's the three different parts that they actually, how they evaluate any individual teacher. I don't agree with that method because the student assessment shouldn't focus on how effective a teacher is. Because a student taking the state test, a student can have a bad day. So let's say that they don't score well, then the score that the teacher receives doesn't reflect the accurate amount. So within the assessment, a teacher can actually get, let's say, about 16 points. And another 16 points for instruction within the classroom and some more points for the parent communication and how they work with others and planning. So that method, I don't, I don't agree with it at all. It's it's interesting because, it, it, again, I feel that this is a great insight, Erica, because it's very easy for people to, when we talk about education being broken, to point the finger at teachers and educators when actually, and again, we spoke briefly on a previous episode with Widlin about this, but you you have your hands tied, really, in terms of what you can physically and logistically get done in the time that you're allotted whilst trying to get the results that you're you're told to get whilst following the curriculum that you're told to do um all within the hours in a day that you've got it's do you feel sometimes that you, yeah that you you're maybe restricted and that there's uh if you had time and resource available there would be a much better way where you could educate children yes i believe most educators don't have the bandwidth to fully support the educational needs of our students past the test scores the state test so erica would you would you agree that project-based and experiential uh based learning is the most effective form of instruction Yes, I believe allowing the students to do project-based learning, they'll be able to be more effective within the classroom. They can actually, within the project-based learning, we can still tackle all of those different subject areas in one, as well as them working hands-on. Most students, they lack critical thinking skills, and project-based learning allows them to use critical thinking to learn by doing but without having that in the classroom 
is just a basic model of, okay, I teach you this. Now you learn how to do it. You do it on your own. That's it. Hmm. But with project-based learning, the teacher can actually work with the students. Let's work together. Let's try to figure out how this can work. But like I said, the model that they have now to teach, it's not effective, I would say. So why do you think it's not happening in your classroom and in your school and in your district? I believe it comes down from the individuals that actually um, that completed that actually created the curriculum. They, I think that they think, okay, let's create this model and see how it works without them actually being in the classroom, testing it out. They just, I'm not even sure. They just create it and say, oh, maybe it's going to work. But that one size fit all method doesn't work for everyone. So what can work in another state? Would it work in Florida? Or would it work in Miami-Dade County or Broward County, Palm Beach, Boynton Beach? It doesn't work. Most of, depending on the resources, most of the areas, they don't have the resources that they need in order for them to be able to teach the students. So if you go up north, then maybe you'll find more resources for the students. So I think lack of resources and the way that the method that they want us to teach, it doesn't work. So if you could speak to the powers that be and you could tell them what you need and what you want in your classroom, what would you say? I would say help us prepare. The most important thing for you to be an effective teacher, you have to prepare. With us not having enough resources, enough bandwidth for us to be able to teach, mm-hmm. that actually take away from us in our time. So we'll spend most of our time, as I mentioned before, trying to prepare. If I can actually just get something that is already proven and I can just teach that, in the classroom and see how it goes, then maybe it probably can work. It's just, I think we just need the resources and assistance with teaching and getting those important resources. Got it. Well, I understand that you have to go, so I definitely thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for your efforts. I definitely appreciate what you do because I know personally that you really care for your students and you do a lot of work with them that is not necessarily required of you. And certainly not appreciated at times. Yeah, I appreciate what you do, Erica. And our company is here to help you and help Mm -hmm. many teachers like you who really care and want to do the best work, but are shackled by, I would say, just administration and the lack of resources and the lack of just overall time. And so thank you for for joining us today. And what you said, it definitely has had an impact on, on me. I don't know about you, David, but... 
Yeah, no, I, I just quickly to add there, like I've I've been more quiet this this episode purely because I've I've loved hearing your uh insight, Erica. I think uh, thank you for being so open and honest with us about uh your experiences. Um be, being an educator. And like I, I said earlier, it's very easy for people to demonize education and and and, and tell everyone what's wrong with it and, and to point the finger at teachers and educators, but we don't get a full glimpse of the life of an educator um you know and it's, it's been eye-opening to me to hear about all the things that you you go through all the planning that it takes and, and yeah it's I, I do totally appreciate that a lot of what you do goes massively under the radar for many um and and your hands are tied by like you say your bandwidth your resource um and and like i said the problem with education is is bigger it's, it's much bigger than this it's it's like like Justice said, you know, we we are aiming to fix this problem problem, whether that be with the PBL curriculum or whether that be with whatever it is that we can do um, to 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 really bring education uh, up to date. I think is is the best way of putting it, and and to take some of this pressure and some of this obligation away from from educators right now. Yes, I thank you, Justice and David, for allowing me the time to share the struggles that teachers we have in the classroom. It is really an eye opener so everyone can hear what teachers really go through and what it takes to be an effective teacher in the Mm -hmm. classroom. So on that note, Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today uh, and for taking time out of your schedule to to let us into your world uh, of being an educator. Uh, Justice, as always, thank you for your time as well uh, out of your busy schedule to to join us for this conversation. And finally, thank you to you listening in to us uh, for this Education is Broken and We're Here to Fix It podcast. Um, If you want to find out more information about what we do over at 24-7 Teach, then head over to 24-7 Teach, that's 247teach.org, and you can find out more about everything that we are working on and, uh, yeah, how we are planning on revolutionizing and disrupting the education industry. With that said, we'll catch you in the next episode. We'll see you then.